Shalom, shalom, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our continuing Shi'urim in the Sefer Lakute Moran. We are deep into the 10th Torah, the 10th Torah teaching in Lakute Moran, picking it up in paragraph Zion. Here we go, paragraph 7. Veha Torah, and this Torah teaching, he gamken bechinas yadain v'raglayin. It also is connected to the ideas of hands and feet. Right? We don't have to think hard in regards to this hands and feet. We've been talking about dancing and clapping vis-a-vis our hands and our feet. Just like there is regarding our Torah, the learning that's both revealed and that which is hidden. Typically, when we say Torah's nigla, we're talking about the Torah itself, we're talking about halacha, we're talking about the Gemara in some cases, and when we're talking about Torah's nister, we're talking about the hidden aspect, the pnimius Torah, the inner depths, sometimes referred to as Hasidus or Kabbalah, Nigle, the revealed aspect of Torah, Hubachines Yadayim. This connects to the idea of hands. Kemoshikasiv, like we see in the Pasik, Dodi Shalach Yadai Minachor, that my beloved put his hand into this hole. Minachor, what does that mean? From the hole or in the hole? Hainu Charus Al Haluchois, namely this Char, you can see the Ches and the Resh. There's the connection between the, the pit, the hole, and the engravement on the tablets. We're talking about the engraving on the tablets. Shehuba Nigla. And this is Nigla. This is the revealed Torah. The Torah tablets that were given by Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu. These are things that are revealed that we can touch and see and hold on the surface level. The Nister and the hidden aspect of Torah. These are talking about our feet, our legs. Like our rabbis say in Maseches Sukkah, Chamuke Yerechayich. The Gemara is taking a verse from the Shira Shirim, the Song of Songs, which is a love story between Hashem and the Jewish people. And this song talks about the curvature of the thighs, curved thighs, which are our legs, right? Ma yarech baseser. And the Talmud continues a drasha on this verse, just as thighs and legs are covered, so too the Torah itself is covered. This hiddenness, the nister, Torah's nister. There's an aspect of the Torah that relates to the legs and the thighs, and there's another aspect that relates to the hands. Hands which are open and revealed and people see them, and legs which in its sneeze dick away, in a modest way, are always covered. That closes out paragraph Zion, the seventh paragraph. I'd like to briefly review before we dive into Ches. We began the Torah by learning that you can sweeten divine judgments through dancing and clapping. Part of this is recognizing the greatness of the Almighty and maximizing that recognition, allowing that recognition to grow from the level of mountain to the level of field, and ultimately the highest, most understandable level is that of a house. We know what it means to live in our house. Part of this process of elevating our God consciousness is by connecting to tzaddikim, connecting to the righteous individuals of the generation. Now, there will be people with gaiva, with a haughtiness, with an ego that, one, believe they don't need to connect to the tzaddikim, and they also will try to convince their friends not to connect. If a person believes that rabbinic guidance and connection to tzaddikim is not part of the Jewish experience, they are sorely mistaken. With that brief review in mind, we're now going to dive into Os Ches, number eight. Here we go. Vezebachinas Mordechai Esther. Now, this whole idea that we've learned about in this Torah thus far connects to Mordechai and Esther, the hero and heroine of the Purim story. The Haman 
and the Russia of the evil story, Bechinas Purim, which is all the concept of Purim. Bechinas Gorel Shehipil Haman, Bechinas Oymer Seorim. This whole idea connects to the idea of drawing lots, which Haman cast, and the measure of barley, the Omer offering. Ki Haman Bechinas because Haman, this evil person, he is the concept of idolatry, of worshipping other gods. Like our rabbis of blessed memory say, In Masechus Megillah, it says that Haman made himself into an Avodazar, that he he had people worshipping him. Because of this, he feel poor, who before Haman's lottery, he looked at all of the Hebrew months and saw that there was a special schos, a merit that existed in every single month except for Adar. Adar is the month where Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, our holy teacher, died. So there's some negativity in Adar. That's the bad month, according to Haman, meaning bad for the Jews, but good for someone that's trying to get rid of them. Ki Moshe, because Moshe Rabbeinu, who mevatel ha'voydezara, Moshe Rabbeinu nullified idolatry. Ubishvilzen, because of this, nikbar mul beis pa'or. Kedei levatel ha'voydezara sheba pa'or, k'moshe dar sheba'abosem zechon levracho. And our rabbis teach, this is why Moshe Rabbeinu was buried in a place across from Beit Pa'or, that was in order to nullify the Avodazara, the idolatry of Baal Pa'or, one of the most popular biblical foreign idols of choice. When the Jews stood up to serve Pa'or, Moshe Rabbeinu was there to be Mavatal, to nullify the power of Pa'or, to nullify that draw in the, in the hearts and minds of the Jewish people. And that continues to happen. He's buried across from, meaning there's a power that that tzaddik has now when Jewish people are getting sucked into idolatry. So the power of the tzaddik, that is Moshe Rabbeinu, is able to mivatel, to nullify, and really fight on behalf of the one true God. Ki Moshe gematria charon af, because Moshe, the name Moshe, Moses in Hebrew, mem shin hey, is the same numerical value as charon af, Charon Af is this godly anger that we had spoken about earlier. Moshe is Begematria 345. Mem, Shin, and He. Mem is 40. Shin is 300. And He is 5. And that's the same numerical value as Charon Af. Moshe, the name of the, the greatest Jewish leader of all time, is the same Gematria, meaning there's a connection between the name Moses and Charon Af and godly anger. Namely, that they can fight each other. They are corresponding to each other. Moshe is the antidote. This idea of the tzaddik, of the righteous person, can serve as part of the antidote for godly anger. Because he, Moshe Rabbeinu, nullifies this godly anger, that comes because of idolatry. Because he, Moses, he received the Torah in Har Sinai. He is the concept of hands and feet, as we saw above. In addition to the spiritual ideas that we've been speaking about, the hands and the feet, you can picture Moshe Rabbeinu standing on top of Mount Sinai with his hands up and his feet planted, and there's a clear reception, a receiving of the Torah itself, the Luchos Evan, those stone tablets. Sha'al Yadehem, that through them, Nizbatel Havoidas Alidim Kanal, through them, meaning the hands and the feet, 
through the levels of both the revealed Torah and the hidden Torah, as well as the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu and the feet of Moshe Rabbeinu that were used, firmly planted on Harsinai, hands stretched up, ready to receive the Torah. This is what comes to nullify the power of the service of other gods. Val Cain, and therefore, he pilpur b'yerach shemes by Moshe. This is why Haman HaRasha, in the Purim story, chose to use Adar as the month of this lottery, the month of Moshe's passing. Because he understood that because Moshe had already passed, this power of being able to nullify the idolatry, service of other gods, was gone. That energy was gone because Moshe Rabbeinu was already dead, and that dying in that month creates a vacuum. And the vacuum thought Haman would allow him to step in and ultimately take care of what he called the Jewish problem. In addition to the reality that Moshe Rabbeinu had died in that month, Haman also believed that there was no person alive who had the power to nullify the strengths of idolatry. Thank God the story does not end there. Aval, however, Mordechai ve'ester hayalehem koyach levatel avoydesalilim shel Haman. Baruch Hashem, there was a Mordechai and there was an Esther, and they had the power to nullify the idolatry of Haman. The two of them became the righteous individuals of their generation. It wasn't just that Moshe Rabbeinu and his generation had a certain power to nullify idolatry, but there's a righteous individual in each generation. And in the generation of Purim, we have Mordechai and Esther. And because of this, they receive the Torah anew. Because of the tremendous merit and strengths of Mordechai and Esther, the Jewish people were able to renew their vows, if you will, to re-up on the formal reception of the Torah. Like our rabbi said, Masach Shabbos, Kimu Vakiblu, which is a pasuk from Megillus Esther that we say on Purim, Kimu Mashakiblu Kvar. They're going to stand up and fulfill that which they have already received. It's a renewal, there's an excitement. And this is diving deeper into the pasuk, Kimu Vakiblu, on those verses of fulfillment and receiving. Kimu Zebachinus Raglayan, this fulfillment or standing, if you will, is the concept of the legs, of the feet, the kiblu and the reception, right? When you receive something, it is your hands. Your hands are the vehicles through which to receive something. And this is the very aspect of the Torah itself. As we learned above, yadayim and raglayim, Hands and feet, just like we talked about, clapping and dancing, correspond to the Torah's Hanigla, the revealed Torah, and the Torah's Hanister, the concealed Torah. We're starting to connect all of these pieces. Please, God, we'll continue to make connections. We'll continue to sing and dance with a big smile on our face, wishing everyone a beautiful day.